0: The New Orleans Saints have a lot of needs to fill on the offensive side. Can they do it through the draft? Let's talk about the three most important positions to look at on the offensive side and two midweek mock drafts. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on. Saints. And I want to spend today's episode talking about the draft. We've done a lot of defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, head coach talk. want to take a little bit of a break from that, get into something a little bit more refreshing, the NFL draft, especially with the combine right around the corner. And look, the New Orleans Saints have three extremely important positions that they need to address on the offensive side of the ball, and they'll need to do that through free agency as well as the draft. So let's talk about how they can do it. Those three most important positions on the offensive side all start off, of course, with quarterback. Now, we've spoken constantly over the course of the past few weeks since the season ended about who the New Orleans Saints quarterback in 2022 could be. It could be Jameis Winston. It could be Taysom Hill again, as he was the one that wrapped up the season. But of course, he has the Liz Frank injury that he's coming off of. Jameis Winston has the ACL injury that he's coming off of. Plus, he's a free agent. Uh, the Saints could look at rookie or I guess now second year quarterback Ian Book, who says that he wants to compete for that second. Uh, for, for that starting role in his second year, or they could go to the trade market to free agency opportunities like that. Of course, will arise big names like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers could be on the move this offseason. The Saints will certainly pursue that, take a look at that, talk about that. There will be other names like Jimmy Garoppolo, perhaps Derek Carr, although it sounds like the Raiders are ready to commit to him. Ryan Tannehill doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. So there's some of these other like mid-level guys that could potentially be on the move too. But if the Saints aren't really comfortable with those, and I, I, I couldn't blame them if they weren't then they could look to the draft, especially depending upon the direction that they go at offensive coordinator. If they go offensive coordinator like, uh, you know, we just talked about Scotty Montgomery, who's an RPO expert, then you might want to go a little bit younger at quarterback, even if you do a bridge quarterback in between, but you might want to invest at the position for a younger quarterback in the draft to make sure that you have somebody that could run that offense, a guy like Malik Willis, a guy like Sam Howell, a guy like Matt Corral, of course. And so there's a lot of options for the Saints at the quarterback spot in the draft. To be able to grab somebody in the first round, in the second round, trading back into the first round, get the fifth year option, things like that. Uh, you know, uh, Listener uh, Charles Dunn did a mock draft that he sent to me in which he, um, or he didn't actually send it to me. I think I actually just saw it, but he traded into the first round with the Cincinnati Bengals traded back in and drafted Malik Willis at 31. And that could be any quarterback, right? You could sit there and say, oh, Malik Willis isn't going to be there at 31. Yeah, yeah, we know. This is something we hear every single offseason about what players aren't going to be where and you just don't know until you get to the draft. So I'm never going to make that argument that this player won't be there kind of thing outside of maybe the top five guys because you just don't know. But regardless, the idea of trading back into the first and grabbing a quarterback is a smart one. That's what the Baltimore Ravens did years ago when they traded into the first round, traded back into the first round and drafted Lamar Jackson. Then they got the fifth year option on him. And that extends your rookie contract effectively for that quarterback, which allows you to build up the rest of the offense and especially the Saints who are, you know, always kind of up against the cap. Having a rookie quarterback that is your starter in you know uh, future years, right, three four years down the road, helps you out big time, especially with the salary cap rising. Now, I still think that the Saints should pursue Jameis Winston and all that, but you know it's going to kind of be a battle between the Saints and I imagine the Steelers there. Although there are some reports that the Steelers may look to go with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, but I, I don't know if they're really going to do that. Right, if you have a guy like Jameis Winston who's going to be on the market, so we'll see exactly where the Saints go when it comes to the quarterback position in free agency, but during the draft, those options are there. The next really important spot is going to be on the offensive line, and you can look at the guard spots, you can look at the tackle spots, whichever ones you want. Either way, there are going to be options for you in this draft. Um, if you decide that you want to move Eric McCoy to right guard and you need a new center, then great, you've got the, uh the center out of Iowa that you could go after. You've got Charles Cross, the Offensive tackle out of Mississippi State, if I'm remembering correctly, who's like one of my favorite prospects in this year's draft. If you lose Tron Armstead, he's a great left tackle replacement for you. That's kind of a plug and play guy. So the offensive line is a place where you could absolutely end up addressing in the first round, second round, third round, even, right? This is a really deep trenches class on the offensive side and the defensive side. So that's good news for the Saints who need to address the offensive line, even if it's just building up depth, right? On that, uh, along that offensive line. And then finally, of course, is the wide receiver spot. Wide receiver just gets deeper and deeper and more talented and more talented every single season. You've got guys like Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jahan Dotson, now Christian Watson out of North Dakota State University who turned a lot of heads at the Senior Bowl. He's going to continue to turn heads when he runs at the Combine for sure. So you're going to see a lot of risers in this class that are going to bump down a lot of the guys that you know and love right now because they're going to be guys that are going to rise a little bit later. So Because of that, it opens up a lot of opportunities for the Saints where they could go for a wide receiver in the first round, Jamison Williams, for instance, or they could go for a wide receiver in the second or third round and pretty much still be okay. I I think the earlier that you invest in wide receiver, the better. And I think any offensive coordinator that comes in and kind of takes control of the offense will want to push for that to help build opposite Michael Thomas. But the fact of the matter is that regardless of what you do in free agency, if you sign a a wide receiver. I would still almost look at double dipping at wide receiver in the draft, right? Like still grab one early, grab one late, and then make sure that you're trying to reload that position and rebuild that position in a way that it hasn't been reloaded or rebuilt for the past few years. Now, you still have Deontay Harris, who is con- going to continue to be a big part of the offense. You still have Marquez Callaway, who would be a really fantastic three. You still have you know these guys that could potentially bolster in those areas, but you still want to add to that unit as well. You want to add to that group of pass catchers. You could stand and do it over in the tight end spot as well. But I think focusing on wide receiver specifically is a really important one. So quarterback, offensive line, uh, specifically a focus of the tackle if you lose to Armstead and wide receiver. Three most important spots for the New Orleans Saints to pay attention to, not just in free agency, but in the draft. And thankfully, the options will certainly be there for them. So coming up next, we're going to take a look at how Todd McShay of ESPN addressed one of those three positions on the offensive side for the New Orleans Saints. Which quarterback do you think he sent to New Orleans? I'm pretty excited about it. Let's see how you feel as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And uh, look, you're eventually going to be able to take a look over at betonline.net and be able to kind of bet on who the next quarterback for the New Orleans Saints is is going to be right. You're going to be able to see all of those odds. All of that is going to be there. But right now, even though football is over, you still got basketball, right? You still got basketball right on the other side of the all-star break, all of that. And it's not just basketball. You've got UFC, you've got MMA, you've got hockey, you've got baseball. Hopefully if they can get their stuff together eventually and get baseball back on the diamond, then you'll also have all of that to bet on over with our friends over at betonline.net. The number one place to go for all of your sports betting, our exclusive online betting partners, Here at the Locked On Podcast Network, this doesn't get any better than betonline.net. You can get news, podcasts, analysis, everything you need there, as well as all the updated props, odds, and lines as well. So don't miss out on the brand new and redesigned uh, outlook and and interface over on the website or through your mobile device. You can find it all over at betonline.net, where the game starts. Alright, that Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day, every day. Don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. If you like what you're getting so far this offseason, know that we're not going anywhere five days a week, all throughout the offseason, if not more, and you're going to be able to uh, get the most up to date information if you, you know, like, subscribe, hit the notification button, all that stuff. So I ask you to do that as we get started here and continuing on. Uh, now that the Super Bowl is over, we can start talking about the NFL draft a little bit more, as well as following all of these coaching searches for coordinators. And so I want to start here with or continue on our conversation about bolstering the New Orleans Saints offense and the three positions that they really need to address. And Todd McShay over at ESPN out a mock draft early on Wednesday morning that addressed one of those positions and its quarterback, which is easily the most important position that the New Orleans Saints need to address over the course of the offseason. And the way that Todd McShay did it was actually by drafting Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. Now, I really like Matt Corral, and I was a little bit disappointed when we went through and we did the exercise a couple weeks back about the quarterback commandments. This was Bill Parcell's old situation to where he kind of you know, old adage about making sure that, you know, you draft a quarterback that is a senior that graduated, that had 30 starts, 23 wins, over 80, over 60% completion percentage, a two to one touchdown to interception ratio, kind of checking all of those boxes to make sure you're getting a quarterback that sort of met a criteria that was worthy of drafting. And Matt Corral, unfortunately, did not and does not meet many of those criteria, not the on-field production parts, but just the, like, being a senior part, getting the starts part because you had you know, a coach over there that just made a bad decision in terms of benching him and starting another quarterback and everything. And so I think that those things are outside of Matt Corral's control. And it's weird to hold him accountable for that when he was clearly the more talented quarterback during his time at Ole Miss. And I think too, that depending upon where the New Orleans Saints go in terms of their direction at offensive coordinator, especially looking at guys like Scotty Montgomery, who are these RPO experts, Then, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, it just makes a lot of sense to go with one of these young guys, even if it's not necessarily for 2022, right? You bring in a veteran quarterback or something that ends up bridging to 2023, 2024, whatever, right? You still have the ability to be competitive because you have a great defense and you're going to hopefully bolster more offensive weapons around Michael Thomas, who's set to return in 2022. Then you have the rookie quarterback that you can turn the reins over to on a very cheap contract and then build the offense around. There's a lot of reasons to this. It's really smart. And Matt Carell is probably my second favorite quarterback in this draft. The, 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 my top guy is Liberty quarterback Malik Willis. But in McShay's mock draft, really interestingly, the Chargers pick at 17, but the Steelers traded up to draft Malik Willis. So in this scenario, there's the possibility that the Steelers didn't sign Jameis Winston. Otherwise, they might not trade up to draft Malik Willis, right? Because if you have Jameis Winston, Matt, uh, Mason Rudolph, and then you've got Dwayne Haskins, you might not move up. Especially trade up to draft a quarterback. So if that's the case, that could mean that the New Orleans Saints in this scenario signed Jameis Winston, but then also drafted Matt Corral. And I would be all for that because that makes you immediately competitive in 2022, but then safeguards you if the, you know, if the new system doesn't work for Jameis, right? Now that you don't have Sean Payton, if the injury, it, it, you know, concern ends up being a durability thing, right? It gives you an opportunity for Matt Corral who Created not created, but has had some durability questions created around him after getting hurt in the bowl game. That you could then sit him for a year, make sure that he's good, and then you have the starting quarterback and james Winston that you can go to. It's a really interesting situation. And then there were a lot of conversations about other teams that were interested in Ian Book. If you don't feel like at allocating the assets to trying to develop two young quarterbacks, you could potentially move one of them. So I think that there's a lot of really interesting ways that the Saints could go here if they drafted Matt Corral based upon whatever they did in free agency. The fact of the matter is that whatever the Saints do in free agency or the draft at quarterback, that's going to be your starter, right? There's not a world in which the Saints trade for Russell Wilson, but start Taysom Hill or trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and start Taysom Hill. As much as I don't want the Saints to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, there's not a world in which they go out there and sign Teddy Bridgewater, but start Taysom Hill. You know what I mean? So whatever they do in that month of March, April leading up to the draft, that's probably your starter, right? Or they might push a little bit after the draft, depending upon where, let's say, Jameis' rehabilitation for his ACL injury is, for instance. He might not be signed until after the draft. And then you have all of the other situations like the Deshaun Watson situation and stuff like that, where he's apparently interested in the Bucks as well as the Vikings. And so if he ends up getting moved, if the Texans end up looking to move him again, either right around the beginning of the free agency, which will begin March 16th or at the end of April during the draft, then that potentially ends up creating some landscape shifting that could impact the Saints at quarterback. I don't think Deshaun Watson ends up being the Saints quarterback, especially while he's got cases open. He's got 22 of them things open right now. There's no way. I don't think he ends up as a New Orleans Saint, but it does change the landscape of the NFL if he does move in terms of what other quarterbacks move where, you know, what other markets are now open, what team gets a quarterback that wasn't expected to go to a quarterback, so on and so forth. So if the Saints just sit back and say, we're going to go to the draft and then we'll talk to Jameis, Matt Corral would be a really, really good option for them. But it's not just about quarterback, right? We talked about the three different uh, positions on the offensive side that need to be addressed, not only in free agency, but can be addressed and almost should be addressed in the draft as well. Offensive line, wide receiver, one of them, but one of them got left out in Chad Reuters mock draft over at NFL.com. And I think it is a glaring oversight. Let's talk about which one they didn't address and which one needs to be addressed and how they could have addressed it as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. I'm trying to keep myself healthy, y'all. Um, I've been, I've been traveling. Like you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm in a whole bunch of different places over the course of the past few weeks. Everything. So I've been trying to stay on top of my game and everything. Make sure I have my energy. Make sure I get my protein. And the way I've been doing that is with built bars. Best tasty protein bar on the market. And I don't know if you've tried them yet, but they also have the built puffs, which are these marshmallowy, super sweet, super great uh, protein bars that are just to die for. You've got things like marshmallowy, cinnamony, churro, you've got lemon, almond cheese. Like you have so many of these different flavors that are just phenomenal, but they're in this sort of marshmallow. Protein packed marshmallow bar while you're still only getting four or five grams of sugar, 17, 18 grams of protein, just like you get with the regular bars. And they're still covered in 100% chocolate. So they might be sweet. They might sound like they're super sweet, but you're not overloading on sugar. You're not going to have that midday crash. And in fact, Built Bar is perfect for you if you are experiencing the midday crash from all that coffee that you've been drinking as well. Shout out. I know I drink a lot of coffee, but the Built Bars helped me through it and the Built Bars can help you through it as well. Go and try them for yourself. Head over to built.com. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCK15. L O C K E D15, so you can get 15% off of your next order. That's built.com. Built bars, the best tasting protein bars on the market. Let's get it. Huda Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with Chad Reuter's NFL.com three-round mock draft where there is a glaring miss in this mock three rounds up three rounds down not a single wide receiver selected in this draft and i think that is a glaring oversight the new orleans saints should absolutely be investing in wide receiver in free agency maybe even multiple wide receivers in free agency maybe even multiple wide receivers in the draft but one of them needs to come out in the first two days that has to be a situation for the new orleans saints they have to see through first round second round third round don't care when it is but in those first two days preferably first or second round. You have to walk away with a wide receiver. And in this mock draft by Chad Reuter, you do not get that. So you do get, though, a fantastic selection at pick 15. So this is a trade up. This is assuming that the Saints get a compensatory third round pick for Trey Hendrickson. In this mock, the Saints move up from 18 to 15 with the Philadelphia Eagles by trading away pick 18 and trading one of those third round picks, not the compensatory selection that they'll get for Terry Fontenot, but instead the compensatory selection that they're going to get that they could get. For Trey Hendrickson. And in this mock, they draft uh, Mississippi State offensive tackle Charles Cross. And this is with the understanding that Teron Armstead or the assumption that Teron Armstead signs elsewhere. Teron Armstead's going to make 20 plus million dollars this offseason in free agency if he signs with another team like the Cincinnati Bengals or the Jacksonville Jaguars, who ESPN called his best fit moving forward, especially with Cam Robinson potentially on the way out there. But if you get Charles Cross, you get an extremely athletic guy. You get somebody that's really fundamentally technically sound. That's really, really outstanding. Great punch, great anchoring, does everything well. I mean, this guy is one of my favorite prospects of the draft, Charles Cross of Mississippi State. But definitely my favorite tackle of this class as well. He's going to fall behind names like Evan Neal and Trevor Pinning and stuff like that. But to me, Charles Cross is the best tackle in this class. And so I love seeing the Saints walk away with him. At pick 15, Uh, there's a chance that they might not even need to trade up. Uh, I guess the Philadelphia Eagles do prioritize a little bit of tackle play there. So you could see the Philadelphia Eagles who pick at 15 and 16, as well as again at uh, 19. But then you've got the Chargers in there. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know that you necessarily need to move for Charles Cross. If he's there at eight, at 15, you might see him fall too uh, 18, knowing that the Eagles are going to be looking at their defensive line, they're going to be looking at safety, they're going to be looking at corner, they're going to be looking at offensive line in the interior stuff like that. So you might be able to get away with it, but Charles Cross is just one of those really, really good prospects that if he's on the board and you can go up and get him, then certainly make the move, go up and get him. Now here's where I have a little bit of an issue. At pick number 49, uh, they have the Saints going with Jaquan, Jaquan Brisker, the senior safety out of Penn State. Now here's the deal. I like Jaquan Brisker. He's one of the two rangy safeties that I actually like in this draft in terms of coverage safeties. There's Kyle Hamilton, who might be one of the best safety prospects we've ever seen coming into the NFL. And then there's Jaquan Brisker, who is, you know, he could play downhill. He does the box safety role really well, but he's probably the next best guy when it comes to covering sideline to sideline, having some range and having some coverage ability, some playmaking ability, things like that. You'd like to see more playmaking ability from him for sure. But this would be the Saints replacing Marcus Williams, which I think they could potentially do in free agency. Guys like, you know, uh Marcus Mays, for instance. So, or Marcus May, excuse me, for instance. So I think that in the second round, when you're when you still have, let's see what other wide receivers were still on the board by the time that uh they went with Brisker. So the first wide receiver to come off the board after Brisker doesn't come off in the rest of the second round. It actually goes into the third round, which is kind of wild, but like we mentioned, it's going to be kind of top heavy. But David Bell was still on there. Calvin Austin, the third, was still on the board there. I mean, to pass up on David Bell at that point in the second round just feels a little irresponsible to me when you know that you need a wide receiver. John Mechie was still on the board in terms of wide out there as well. So I think that the Saints in that instance at pick 49 would go wide receiver or potentially even go quarterback as well, depending upon what quarterbacks were still on the board. And a big name to watch and a big riser is going to be North Dakota State University wide receiver Christian Watson, who is Jeff Ireland's type of receiver. Kind of coming from a small school, although NDSU is much bigger than the you know than its status as an FBS team, but it is or excuse me an FCS team. But six foot four, over two hundred pounds, big body, quick, fantastic mobility. I mean, just really, really good in short area quickness situations and things like that as well. So for me, that's a spot that I think Christian Watson. When we talk and we look at mock drafts, what, three weeks from now after the combine, Christian Watson is going to be a second round guy that gets tossed around, maybe even a late first round guy that gets tossed around. And then finally, at pick number 98 in the third round. This was the projected compensatory selection for uh, Trey Hendrickson. Uh, They ended up having the Saints take Brian Robinson, the running back out of Alabama. You've heard me talk about that before. I would love that selection. Have him for a year learning behind Mark Ingram about how to be that tandem role with uh, Alvin Kamara, and in fact, could even be one of those guys, right? Mark Ingram, Brian Robinson, I'd be pretty comfortable with for the New Orleans Saints if Alvin Kamara has to miss four to six games early on because of the incident in Vegas. I'd be pretty happy with that. And then you could go into free agency and grab like a Jordan Howard or somebody that can be a little bit more of a pass catcher for you. There's a lot of different ways for that you could go with that at the running back spot, but I love the idea of Brian Robinson in New Orleans. The other running back that I really like is out of Florida, Damian Pierce fantastic, does a little bit of everything, fantastic pass protector as well, which you know that the Saints value a lot. And in that final third round compensatory selection, just as a reminder, was one that was traded away in order for the Saints to move up in this mock from 18 to 15. So that's it. Those are your, uh, the, that, that's the mock draft for you. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a big time miss here to not have a wide receiver go. I think you have to get a wide receiver in the first or second, or maybe even the third round. Uh, and so to not see one there, that's huge. But we've seen now how the Saints could address quarterback early. We've seen how they can address offensive line early. And we've talked through how they can address wide receiver early, which were the three big ones that we felt like the Saints really, really need to address over the offensive side really, really quickly, not only in free agency, but also in the draft. Coming tomorrow, let's do the same thing. But let's flip over to the defensive side. Are there Are there positions that the Saints should still be investing in on the defensive side Uh, in the draft, I absolutely think that there are three core ones. We'll talk about which ones those are, and we'll do the same thing. We'll break them down, take a look at rounds one through three, where they could potentially land those, and maybe even go into some day three conversation as well. So I have that coming up for you on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Saints. I appreciate you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every day over here on the show. And don't forget for your second listen today to go and check out Locked on Bets, your boy Q, handicapping expert Lee Sterling, everything you need to know to help win you some money over on that betting market. Go and check them out, Locked on Bets, wherever you get your podcast. And as always, y'all, thank you again for making me a part of your day, a part of your routine. Uh, if you need anything else around those New Orleans Saints, you know you can follow me on Twitter, at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. I trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.